0: Sorry. Good morning. Parashat Shemot introduces us to Moshe Rabbeinu, the very beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership life. After his uh, early beginnings, after the uh, saving of him by his parents, the pasuk describes hahem, Moshe vayar the Pasuk says how, at that time Moshe gets older and he goes out to his brothers vayar b'sivlotam. And he sees their burdens. And those extra words of him seeing their burdens instead of just describing what he actually sees on ground, writes Rashi famously by Natan Enav Lihiot Meser Rashi describes it as Moshe Rabbeinu placing, giving his eyes and heart in order to be a part of the sorrows and difficulties of Bene Yisrael. If you caught it, Rashi, picking up on the word Vayar, that Moshe saw the Sivlotam, the burdens, difficulties of the people, explains, it's not merely a physical sight, it was a purposeful, intentful, heartfelt reality for Moshe Rabbeinu. He decided, he realized, he understood it was the time during which those who were a part of his nation were really an extension of himself, and as a result, (laughs) His heart and eyes, in the full sense, were on them, which means to say, for argument's sake, when Moshe went back into the palace of Paro, even though he wasn't physically seeing his Ahim B'nai Israel out in the fields working hard, it was on his mind, it was in his heart. And that's the description of what many refer to in. It's, it's actually referred to in prayer the, prayer the sixth Perk in Masechet Avot, it's yes. Noseh Be'ol Im Havero. Yes. Moshe Rabbeinu okay. exemplified in this moment the ability, the responsibility that we have to carry the burden, the difficulties of others. In fact, the Mishnah over there, Perk Vav, Mishnah Vav, lists 49 ways in which the Torah is niknet. How's the Torah acquired? One of them, I mean a few of them, you could... Easily understand, mi'ut she'na, not sleeping all that much. You need to be able to focus your mind and your eyes on Torah, uh, even uh, not uh, speaking too much about other matters, uh, making certain that you don't waste too much time on food, etc. But one of them is, no ol im havero. Interestingly, one of them, the ways to acquire Torah, is by carrying the burden of others. If anything, that should take you away from diligent study of Torah. Unless, and this is a point made in the book *Hochmal Musar, of the Altar of Kelm, Zichrono Livracha, he says that Torah embodies for us a vision of spirituality. You want to tap into *ruhaniut* in this world, well then you're studying Torah to understand this world through a prism, through the mindset and vision of *ruhaniut* of spirituality, is to realize that the vision, even though it appears to be a reality, is just a fleeting imaginative thought. I imagine myself as being separate from you because I think of us in physical, specific terminology. If I instead see us us as being part of something greater, if I see us through a prism and vantage point of spirituality, then there's no division between us at all. The ability (laughs) to tap into Torah then is preceded by a proper perspective on life. A proper perspective on life is one in which I see it through the vantage point of spirituality, where there is no division. So you begin, you enter into the hallway of Torah by realizing, by accepting, my life is intermingled with yours. It's intertwined with yours because we're living to a certain extent, a part of the same nation, part of the same world, the same Mm -hmm. life. The beginning of the life of Moshe Rabbeinu as a leader, as even a mekabel Torah, is one in which the Torah describes it at the onset as be'ol imhavero, as being able to carry the burden of others. Moshe goes out and of course he sees a Misri, sees an Egyptian striking an Ivri and pauses the situation by striking and handling the Misri. The second time the Torah describes how he goes out and he sees two Ivrim fighting one with the other and again Moshe gets involved. Moshe is exemplifying, is showing, is demonstrating in the Torah by telling us what it means to be a true leader, what it means to be beyond just a leader of people, but a leader of spiritual people, of a nation of mekabele Torah. It means I see past those physical appearances of division. I understand it's my responsibility. I'm a part of you and you of me. And as a result, we're in this together. Moshe then runs away after realizing and encounters these Benot Midian and again, outside of his nation, his responsibility is broadened, his understanding of that I need to save anyone who is persecuted by others wrongfully. Moshe Rabbeinu, from the beginning through the end, is an individual who is bestowed with and filled with a responsible mindset of to the extent that in the moment that Moshe Rabbeinu encounters God as it were for the first time, at the Senei HaBu'il Ba'eish Ve'enenu Ukal, the Torah tells us that God's words to Moshe very tellingly are the following, Adonai Ra'iti Asher I saw, I see, I know the pain and suffering of Am Yisrael. He too is feeling the suffering, the torture. It means that Moshe's feelings in this moment are not merely the feelings and expressions of a high-level human being. They're walking in the ways of God. I know. I feel I can relate, Kiviakho, God says, to the Ke'ev, to so the pain of Am Yisrael, it's the Mishnah in Sanhedrin and Daf Bav when it says the hachamims understand Rabbi Meir. He says when a person is is feeling pain in this world, chol, what's God saying? Kalani meroshi, Kalani mezirai. The description of the Mishnah of Rabbi Meir is chol, as it were, God is expressing his own pain, his own weakness as people, even Reshaim, the Mishnah is describing, are experiencing pain in this world. The message then at the very onset of nation-building in Parashat Shemot, for Sefer Shemot, through Moshe, and more specifically through HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the message of Noseh Be'ol Im Havero, of an ability, a responsibility to see the world, not through a physical, specifically human lens, let see it through a God-like, spiritual lens. Understand that there is no division. You want Torah, you're interested in a life of spirituality, <coughs> begin seeing the world in such a fashion and acting accordingly. I was always moved by a particular and specific story told about Rabbi Yisrael Ze'ev Gustmin. It's a, a telling story specifically for this time period, but Rav Gustmin, his biography very briefly, he died in 1991, he uh, was born and raised and, and spent much of his uh, early life in Vilna. He was on the betin of, uh, of Rab Chaimose Grudzinski at the age of 20. I mean, he was known as a prodigy and ultimately speaking, survived the Holocaust. Um, and re-established himself in, in Yerushalayim in 1971. He opened Yeshivat Netzach Yisrael, and over the course of his long and illustrious life, he had lots of interesting encounters because his Yeshiva wasn't just for Talmud scholars as young men, but on every Thursday afternoon, he used to, en- he used to invite into the Yeshiva for a high-level Shi'ur anyone from Israel society, religious, um, I think they were all religious, but those who were involved in Talmud Torah on a consistent basis, and those who were otherwise involved for a high-level Talmud Shi'ur with Rav Guzman. And the story as it is told is in 1982, Rabbi Ari Khan knows this firsthand, he was present for some of them, he writes about this, there was, he's still living, his name is Professor Alman. Professor Alman, in 2005, won the Nobel Prize. He was a professor in uh, Hebrew University, and he would be a consistent attendee of the Shi'ur of Rav Guzman every Thursday afternoon. In 1982, he lost his son in combat in the uh, Israel Defense Forces. And Rav Guzman made certain that the entire yeshiva paused that day in order to go to the funeral, and then he specifically went to the burial I imagine on Har Herzl. After returning, he said to his driver, I want to go to the house of Professor Alman. I want to myself uh, be able to be Menachem Avil." And here's where I pick up. He sits down right in the front, sitting with the Avilim, and turns to Professor Alman, saying to him, I'm sure that you don't know this because after Rabbi Alman, excuse me, Professor Alman saw that he was sitting there, said to him, Rabbi, maybe you want to go back to your things? He said, I'm sure you don't know this, but I had a son named Mayer.'" He was a beautiful child. He was taken from my arms and executed. I escaped, he's describing the Nazis, The fact which was unbeknownst to anyone until then. I later bartered my child's shoes so that we would have food, but I was never able to eat the food. I gave it away to others. My mayor is a kadosh, he is holy. He and all the six million who perished are holy, he continued. I will tell you that what is transpiring now in the world of truth in Gam'edin, in heaven, My mayor is welcoming your Shlomo into the Minyan and is saying to him, I died because I am a Jew, but I wasn't able to save anyone else. But you, Shlomo, you died defending the Jewish people in the land of Israel. My mayor is a Kadosh, he is holy, but your Shlomo is a Shaliyah Sibur in that holy heavenly Minyan. He continued, I never had the opportunity to sit, Shiv'ah, Rabbi Gustman said, for my mayor. Let me sit here with you just a little longer. Professor Ammon replied, I thought I could never be comforted, but Rabbi, you have comforted me could you hear could you imagine a story which is greater in terms of its impact in terms of its force with regards to an individual the rabbi who was able to be nosebe al im he knows he's encountered this professor whom he knows uh, intimately in the moment professor alman imagines he's the only person experiencing this how could anyone tap into the emotions of that individual in that moment unless you truly feel for the other, unless you're able to dig into your own experience and be able to say that I'm a part of this, we don't, thankfully, all have tragic histories and occurrences in our families. But we do have the ability, the responsibility to be no sebe'ul im havereno. And I mentioned both havereno and eres Yisrael, but even those who live next door to us, even those who live down the block for us, we sometimes delude ourselves into thinking what they're going through has nothing to do with me. I live a different life. I'd like to support them, but I can't truly understand them. I'm not actually in their shoes to be able to tap into their feelings and comfort them, understand and be able to truly carry some of that burden. I think Moshe Rabbeinu, I believe, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Parashat Shemot teach us otherwise. That story of Rav Guzman again ringing in our ears, I hope, is a description of who we can and should be. Vayar, the ability to be ro'eh the ability to go out, to see your brothers, to feel and realize not only with your eyes in the physical sense, but to be notenu vilibenu, both our eyes and our hearts truly attaching to be metzer, to be a part of the sorrow, the difficulties of others Parashat Shemot, introducing us to the life of Moshe, describes and teaches us what it means to be a spiritual human being. A spiritual human being is not only involved in Torah mitzvot in a vacuum, but significantly as the Sefer al Musar, the author of Kalm teaches us, it's to see the world and as a result other people through that same prism, realizing that an Ahdut, a singular vision, is part and parcel of what spirituality is all about. To be no all im haverenu* is to rise to the level of sanctity of Moshe Rabbeinu, is to walk in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with his words in the initial encounter with Moshe Rabbeinu, Please, God, each of us, in our own ways, should be able to tap into that vision, that understanding, those amen. feelings of amen. being Baruch Amen, amen. amen